Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bublé. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bublé. I'm a tax partner in New York City office, as well as the firm's tax practice leader. Today, we have a podcast, which is part of a two-part series on the taxation of cryptocurrency. And to go over that, on this particular podcast, we have Mark DeMichael, Mark is a partner in our New York City office, and he's a partner in the Forensic Litigation and Valuation Services Group. Mark, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. So cryptocurrency, it's been a hot topic over the last couple of years. We know that uh, it's not a legal currency of any country. It also is not a physical currency. You don't walk around with some Bitcoins in your pocket or purse. It's virtual. So, Mark, take us through what limited authority the IRS has issued on exactly how they tax cryptocurrency. Absolutely, Joe. So there are no new treasury regulations. There aren't currently no new laws on the books. All we have is the IRS's revenue rulings and memos on the IRS opinion on how these items should be treated. The first time the IRS made a statement about this was in 2014. They issued notice 2014-21. In that, the IRS stated that it's their opinion that cryptocurrency should be taxed as property, not as a currency. So there are some rules that apply to taxation of foreign currencies. Those rules do not apply to digital assets and cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin. The main idea of it being taxed as a property, as property, is essentially that if an individual trades in it, they're generally going to have capital gains or capital losses as a result of their activity. If a company is instead, instead of just trading it as as an individual or trading it on the side, and they're trading it as part of their business, like if they're a exchange or a broker dealer, well, in that case, the cryptocurrency would be considered their inventory and the gains would be ordinary in nature instead of capital gains and losses. The IRS later on issued another revenue ruling, 2019-24, where they talked about cryptocurrency forks, forks and airdrops. The general idea of that revenue ruling is that forks and airdrops, those coins, it's basically new coins received by holders of cryptocurrency, when that new cryptocurrency is received, either through a fork or an airdrop, it is taxable upon receipt to the taxpayer. If you read that revenue ruling, just be aware they, they use the word airdrop incorrectly. But if you look at the whole revenue ruling and you read the examples they give, what they really mean is that these forks and airdrops are taxable upon receipt. And then most recently, only a couple months ago, the IRS issued memorandum 20212408. That was June 18th of 2021. That IRS memorandum stated that the IRS says that 1031 exchanges do not apply to cryptocurrency. And they specifically mention Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. The memorandum doesn't take a position on other trades of cryptocurrencies, but For all intents and purposes, it appears from that revenue memorandum that 1031 exchanges won't work for cryptocurrency. The 
that's actually pretty significant because there was a lot of misunderstanding in the industry in the past where a lot of early adopters of cryptocurrency thought they could trade one cryptocurrency for another without being taxed. I never really bought that argument. And it seems at least as of two months ago, the IRS agrees that 1031 exchanges do not apply to cryptocurrency. Okay, and Mark, in that, uh, in that memorandum, did the IRS state why they believe 1031 doesn't apply? They give the logic that because Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin are three different coins with three different use cases, they argue that that makes those coins different enough um, where 1031 exchanges wouldn't apply. In general, 1031 exchanges for real estate are very broad. Like if you trade a you know piece of commercial property in Miami for a piece of you know residential rental property in in New York, well, those are very different pieces of property. But the IRS will allow a 1031 exchange related to real estate for that. But if you're trading you know gold for silver, those are you know two different metals. But the the IRS and the historical tax court rulings won't allow. 1031 exchanges for gold for silver, for example. So they're taking a more narrow view of the 1031 exchange rules. Okay. Plus, you also have the recent change in the law that you can only do 1031 exchanges after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act for real estate anyway. So even if it was viewed as personal property, that's out, just generally speaking. Correct. Um, Sorry, that was referring to 2017 and prior. You yeah, no, I understand. yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, I understand what you're saying. That's, that's a good example on the silver and gold. Uh, so now when, so now the IRS are treating cryptocurrency as property. I, I think that makes sense. Uh, when I came up with those rulings, I kind of like it into when people do barter exchanges. It's a similar concept. Uh, but keeping it over and say in the financial services world, so does that mean if you got cryptocurrency, it's essentially taxed the same as a stock? Yes and no. In many situations, trading cryptocurrency for another cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency for dollars would be taxed the same as if it were a stock. But there are some exceptions to that. And one I'll discuss briefly is the concept of wash sales. A wash sale is when an individual sells a stock for a loss and then they buy it right back. And in the past, the IRS and the I think it was the, I'm not sure if it was a law or a treasury department ruling, but Basically, okay, it was the law. The, the wash sales in that case were not deductible by the taxpayer because they really just sold the stock and bought it right back. Those laws specifically say that they apply to stock and securities. Cryptocurrency is not a stock and Bitcoin is not a security. So one can theoretically sell Bitcoin for a loss, buy it right back, and then take that loss, even though they bought it back because wash sale rules do not apply to stock, only apply to stock and securities. The same is true for Ethereum. Uh, the SEC has said they don't see Ethereum as a security, but there are many, many other cryptocurrencies out there that could be a security. And that is kind of a hotly a hotly debated issue right now. And there are a number of court cases going on as to whether certain cryptocurrencies are securities or not. So wash sales could apply to cryptocurrency if it's a security, but don't apply if a cryptocurrency is not a security. Okay, good. Another, another really unanswered question. So 
So it's clear pretty much that uh, gains and losses on cryptocurrency attacks or the taxable events. I saw somewhere that, you know, you go buy a sandwich with cryptocurrency, you got a taxable event. So now companies are accepting the cryptocurrency as payments for goods and services. So what are their tax implications? So if a company receives cryptocurrency for goods and services, what they need to do is value that cryptocurrency at the moment they received it, and they need to pay ordinary income taxes on that receipt. It's the same as like you described before, like if you almost did like a barter exchange of some kind, it's ordinary income when received because that's new money earned by that individual or that company. When that company later on sells that cryptocurrency, trades it for another cryptocurrency or sells it for dollars, those would now be capital gains and losses. Now, that sounds pretty simple, but in practice, calculating cryptocurrency gains and losses can be very difficult because often individuals will buy cryptocurrency on one exchange, transfer it to a wallet, then later transfer it to another exchange and sell it on a completely different exchange. The purchase of that cryptocurrency on exchange A needs to be married up with the sale of that cryptocurrency on exchange B in order to calculate the taxable gain and loss. So there are programs out there to help with that, like bitcoin.tax, cointracking.info, but those gains and losses are all taxable and it's sometimes difficult to get your records together. Sure. Now, what about if someone's mining? How does that work? Mining cryptocurrency is the same as receiving cryptocurrency for goods and services, basically. It's taxed as ordinary income at the time it's received. Um, even if the person doesn't do anything with it, they don't sell it, they don't trade it for another cryptocurrency, they just mined it and received new cryptocurrency, that is considered taxable at the time it's mined. All right, taxable at the time it's mined on that value, and then that is their tax basis for later disposition. If they Correct. Correct. Uh, the IRS is kind of seeing the mining, at least the way I view it, they're kind of seeing the mining almost as performing a service and receiving cryptocurrency for a service. Um, sure. They don't see it as creating a new piece of property. If they did, like with regards to if you build a car, if you buy parts and build a car, you're not taxed until you sell that car. You're not taxed when you put the last screw in the door. Um, you're taxed when you sell the car. So the IRS is kind of viewing these cryptocurrency activities as mining is more of a service than as a selling of uh, goods. Okay. There are any implications for W-2s or 1099s here? Yes. Uh, that's actually discussed in that 2014 IRS notice. Uh, if you pay an employee in cryptocurrency, you need to figure out the value of that cryptocurrency when you paid it, and you need to report that on a W-2. It's all the same rules that would apply if you paid cash. There's just an extra step of determining the value of that cryptocurrency. And same for 1099s. If you'd be required to issue a 1099, had you paid in cash, the same rules apply to if you pay someone, uh, you know, a vendor in cryptocurrency. Okay, and then Mark, just the last one uh, that we have time for in this particular one. There's been a lot of talk that cryptocurrency is untraceable. You know, it's uh, people using that, you know, on the uh, dark net, dark money. But what is the IRS doing to try and combat that and investigate tax cheats? So they're actually doing quite a lot. They issued John Doe summonses 
to at least three cryptocurrency exchanges, Coinbase, Kraken, and Poloniex. The IRS was successful in two of those summons, and I believe the third one is still awaiting a resolution. So the IRS has records from at least three exchanges. We don't know if they have received records from any others. In 2019, in August, they sent out what they called educational letters, advising taxpayers that they knew had cryptocurrency at one point based on their summons to Coinbase. They sent these educational letters that basically said, we believe you may have had cryptocurrency transactions, and we suggest you familiarize yourself with the reporting regulations and um, you know, report, you know, consider amending your tax return. Very friendly letters, but in reality, they're kind of setting themselves up as a, um, you know, a, a preemptive defense if a taxpayer attempts to claim they, they were unaware of the rules. Um, the IRS, by sending out these letters, is preempting that defense. And finally, the IRS is working with a company called Chainalysis. And Chainalysis is a company that is big data analytics for blockchains. They're in the business of figuring out who owns Bitcoin addresses and tracing Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies through their publicly available blockchains. That's all the company does. And they have a very large contract from what I've heard with the IRS. So the IRS is really looking into this. and. Um, Actually, the politicians seem to be on board. Recently, with this new infrastructure bill going through Congress, one of the ways they're talking about paying for it is going after um, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, uh, unpaid cryptocurrency taxes. That is one of the ways they're talking about paying for this new bill. Okay, great. Thanks, Mark. Well, that makes sense. Look, it, it is income and people have to report the income. All right. Thanks, Mark. That sounds great. I'm glad the IRS is going after everyone. They, they should pay their taxes. And thanks for coming on today's podcast. And to our audience, please be on the lookout for our second podcast coming out shortly on the taxation of cryptocurrency. I hope everyone is staying safe. Carry on and have a good day. Thank you.